Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Drunk Agile. Uh, with me, as always, is my friend and colleague. Uh, my name is Daniel Bacanti, and uh, we are doing a, you know, our kind of on-site, as you can see, socially so, distanced. Yeah, super distanced. Super, super socially distanced uh, version of Drunk Agile. We, this, this is a special edition because uh, Pratik just stocked up for us. You know, we've, got, <laughs> we've got a whole selection of, of bourbons that we're gonna try. I contributed my one. But um, there are three here. I don't know. Do you want to introduce the yeah, three that we're, um, we're going to be? Sure. Well, I'll introduce the ones I brought in here. This is Stag Junior. Um, it's it's uh, 64.2%. It's pretty high for a bourbon. Um, it is one of my favorites. It's actually, and we were talking about this earlier today. This was um, this is currently rated number two on the world whiskey scale by Jim Murray. Um, the barrel? Oh yeah, so, and I brought a, uh, a barrel bourbon. It is a, I don't even know what strength, I don't know if it, know, it says what strength it oh, is. Uh, oh, there it is, yeah, 58.3%. Um, and it's uh, five, years, uh, five years old. So um, barrel's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting type of whiskey. We'll leave it to you to, to, go, to go to the Googles <laughs> and the interwebs to look up why, why barrel is slightly different than the other two that we've got here. And the last one that we have here is uh, Booker's uh, Granny Batch. This is, uh, it's 63.2%. It's, it says six years, four months, and 21 days. Um, it's, it's one of the, it's a special uh, release from Booker's, which they named after their grandmother. So <laughs> it's a Booker's Granny Batch. So by the way, that noise you hear in the background, unfortunately, the star of the show tonight, Nisha, yeah. um, decided to go be outside. But the, but the, but the dog that you do hear um, <laughs> is our stand-in. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we can bring him on camera, just for yeah. show. Um, his name's uh, Spartacus, or Farticus for short. Yeah. Um, oh, he's, he's running away. So um, the way that we're gonna do this in, in celebration of, and here's Spartacus for you, in celebration of the three bourbons that we have here tonight. We are going to do an edition of uh, Drunk Agile where we are going to do our, our top, three, top three myths of Kanban, right? And so for each myth, we, you know, Pratik will discuss his myth, I'll discuss my myth, and we'll, we, will, we will drink uh, mm -hmm. one of these whiskeys. And then by the end, we, we, we can vote, and then maybe you can vote on <laughs> what your favorite myth and what your favorite, favorite whiskey is. So do you want to get us started? Yeah, Kick sure. us off with uh, myth number number three. We'll go three, two, one. So starting with the, the third. So third myth, at least on my list, is if you put up post-its on a board, you're doing Kanban. Um, just post-its on a whiteboard is Kanban. And, and, and we're here to bust the myth that post-its on a whiteboard does not a Kanban make. <laughs> and before we go any further with that, our first pour is the Stag Junior. And cheers. Cheers. Oh, nice sound. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were discussing this is um it's very, very peppery. It yeah. is. It's um it's, it's it's good. It's on the tongue, it's almost very, as you said earlier, unbourbon like. Yeah. But yeah, that that's many people believe that if I if if I just have a whiteboard, I make columns and I put post-its on it. I'm doing Kanban. There's, 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 there's a bit more that goes to it. That's a start. Yeah. That's definitely a start. You've started somewhere, but that in itself is not Kanban. Yeah, let's, let's, not, 
Let's not worry about work in progress limits. Yeah. Let's not worry about how long stuff is taking. Yeah. Let's not worry about improving, right? Hey, as mm -hmm. long as, as long as, or we've got a JIRA board, right? Or we, you know, JIRA, when you're starting your JIRA project has an option for a Kanban. So of so, course, if we, if we select that, yeah. we're, we're doing Kanban for sure. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's myth number three for you. Myth number three for me is, um, and this might be, be a little heretical, is uh, that every column for, you know, uh, for, as you know, a Kanban board is made up of multiple columns. For every column on the board, uh, every column on a board must have a work in progress limit. A lot of people believe that though. So that when you actually get around to limiting your work in progress, yeah. the Kanban dictates that for every column on your board, you have a work in progress limit. That is simply just not true. There are many, many, many ways to limit, to control work in progress. Column-based width limits are just one. And in many contexts, potentially one of the worst things that, that you can do. You know, um, I know, I don't know, do you want to talk about your favorite way to, to, well, to control work in progress? Yeah, well, for, for me, the favorite way to say is it's pretend that your entire thing is a to-do doing done and regardless of what columns you have, and there should always only be certain number of things in there, like a whole board-wide width limit. Um, that, that, that almost ensures that, that uh, even if you've got your, co because column whip limits, you've got multiple chances to get things wrong. <laughs> yep. Board whip limit, sure you got it wrong, it's easier to adjust as well. Yep. And there are many variations upon that theme. Um, you know, a, a lot of teams we work with, we have them just set a policy. It's like, you know, for the number of people on the team, how many things do you want them to work on? You know, regardless of where it is on the board, you know, how many things that, you know, it's very, very similar to um, a whole board work in progress limit. Um, you might, you might do that. Um, you might even do something as simple as, hey, we're going to agree not to start anything new until mm -hmm. something has finished. That's yep. another way to limit work in progress. So you've got, you've got all kinds of options, only one of which is every column on the board has to have a work in progress. Yeah, these, these, both, both these, these myths are most likely uh, an artifact of people seeing Kanban boards around the world and going, Oh, that's what Kanban is. That's what it looks like. There's boards, there's stickies, and there's some numbers there. Um, right. Enough. So that's that's with our, I don't know. Are we are we supposed to finish these? Before? I don't know. I think if we finish <laughs> these, we might not finish the video. Yeah, because I don't know. Really, I don't know that I'll be able to talk. By the way, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that for the end. Yeah. Moving on to to myth number two, which means that we need to go to whiskey number two. Um, which is which is the, the barrel bourbon. Hopefully by now you've had a chance to uh, to take a look at, at why a why barrel is unique. Um, I've tried this before and I haven't. I've, I've well, tried, tried not you, this bottle, but yeah. Yeah, you've you've tried a I've tried barrel before, a version sure. of it before. Yeah. So, cheers. Let's uh, let's let's see how this one goes. If it's as nice as as the stag. Definitely has a more bourbon taste than yeah. It's a little, you, I mean, you can tell the difference in alcohol too. Yeah, right? I mean, you can definitely. It doesn't punch you in the face. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't get up and slap you around and then, <laughs> yeah. and then throw you back down, right? So it's it's a little bit smoother, I think, from yeah. a from an alcohol perspective. Taste is not as dramatic though. I think no. the stag is you know is a little bit. Yeah, stag's got a, a little bit more pronounced. I think stag's got higher notes and lower notes. This yeah. this this has mostly lower. It notes. is much. It is much. But it is much. I think a little bit more even. Like mm -hmm. so just 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 a hair more smooth. But I think that's just just the alcohol talking there. Um, so, just just like this podcast. This is like, yeah. like this video. It's mostly the alcohol talking. What? Um, 
Myth number two. Do you want to go? Myth number two. Number yeah. Two? Uh, for, for me, the myth, myth number two is, is, is the thing about Kanban is for maintenance and support. Meanwhile, Scrum is for um, new development work. That's, that's another common one that we hear all the time. Um, that, that if you're doing maintenance and support work where things are showing up randomly, you use Kanban. But if you're doing development work that needs to be planned out and all that, you do Scrum. Yep. Uh, the, the reason that's probably one of the biggest myths out there, in my opinion anyway, is uh, because the going back to the very first implementation of Kanban that I was involved with anyway, which I apologize, maybe. Yeah, no, we, we, we I, might, I, need I, to might, might need to might need to move Spartacus <laughs> somewhere because he's. So I'm, I'm I'm going to drone on while Pratik goes and and uh, takes care of the dogs. Um, ignore any of those sounds in the background. One of the reasons I think that that's one of the 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 biggest myths out there, is because as I was saying, going back to the very very first Kanban implementation. Um, and certainly pretty much every Kanban implementation that I've done since then has been, uh, and here's the star of the show, here's Nisha, has been actually for project work. It hasn't been for, uh, for maintenance and support work. It's been actually for doing complex product development work or, you know, complex, you know, just any project work. And there's, there's, there's Nisha. So we replaced one dog and we, <laughs> we, we got another. That's how we go. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that, that's why that's why I think maintenance and support work is uh, common for maintenance and support work is one of the biggest myths out there. Yeah, it's it's there is a does it I don't remember how long ago this was. It was four or five years ago, and we were sitting somewhere in a group, and there, there someone asked a question about well. I use uh, I use Kanban for my maintenance teams. <laughs> I was I was drunk that night too, by the way. <laughs> and I use Scrum for my dev teams. Uh, why should why what metrics should I look at? And, um, well, I won't go fully into the story, but in any it it was interesting how people naturally assume the throughput and cycle time matter for one type of work. Meanwhile, velocity and story points matter for another kind of work. Whereas, frankly, things like throughput and cycle time, they're, they're flow metrics. They, they exist whether you want them to exist or not. Yep. And they matter whether you want them to matter or not. So regardless of your type of work, they, they're there. And they, they matter to your customers, yeah. whether you think they matter <laughs> to your customers or not. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's maybe one of the more important. And they're, and they're in the language of the customer, which is, which is so important. But sorry, so that, that's myth number two. Um, for you, myth number two for me is kind of piggybacking off of every every column on a board needs to have a work in progress limit. Mm -hmm. Along with that, people think the second that you limit work in progress, that every item on your board has to be exactly the same size, which is a huge myth. Because number one, I don't even know how you would do that. Um, I don't. I, I, and and then we then it, it it gets into the whole Bill Clinton. What's what you know? It depends on what your meaning of size is. Hmm, that's you know? not exactly what he said. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, whatever. Um, but but it's it's like yeah. Do, are we talking about relative complexity? Are we talking about cycle time? I mean, what 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 do we what do we really really mean by size? But the thing is, even if you could, even if you could define what size meant, and even if you could get everything to be the same size, you 
probably wouldn't because the amount of overhead that that introduced, the amount of unnecessarily complexity that that would introduce, the amount of whatever that that would introduce would probably more than destroy any any benefit from a predictability or variability perspective that you might see. Yeah, and I, I do think this myth comes from the fact that when we talk about throughput, we essentially say every ticket that got done was one ticket. And we don't really say, oh, this ticket was this heavy and this ticket was this heavy. So I think when, when we say that, people somehow assume that those tickets have to be the same size because you're counting them as the same weight. Yep. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, now, I think not only from a throughput perspective, but just from a general whiplash, like how, how can you have a column that has a work in progress limit of two, where one of those items is a story point of 13, and one of those items is a story point of one. Um, and what people fail to understand is, if that is really the range mm -hmm. of items that you have in your system, whether they're the same size and fit under the work in progress limit is, is the least of your problems. You've got so many other things that you really need to be worrying about. Um, the fact that they're not the same size is really not where you should be focusing your energy. So that's, that's, that's number two, um, same size on mine and maintenance and support. Scrum versus Kanban. Yep. yep. Which which brings us to the granddaddy, or shall I say, say the granny, the granny <laughs> um, of them all, our third whiskey. Do you want to introduce our? our yeah, this whiskey? is the Booker's Granny Batch. Um, this hap, this again is their special release that they do, I think, once a year, and again, it's named after uh, the grandmother of of the first distiller of Booker's. All right. I imagine she was a whiskey drinker. I, well, got yeah. I hope she was. <laughs> Anyway, so here's to you, Granny. Cheers. Oh, that's that's super peppery at the end. I was gonna say it's almost it's almost grassy. Yeah, yeah that's almost, like that's almost, yeah. that's herbal mm -hmm. peppery at the end. It, yeah. it start off starts off a lot like the stag actually. It does. But it ends completely different. Yeah. How much, what was the, uh, did we say with the alcohol? 63 point something? 63.2. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like, it looks like Dan's getting an Uber home. Um, <laughs> all right, so, the, so. Michelle, drive you. So if we're talking about the granny of them all, then let's talk about the granny of all myths. Take yeah. what is well, your. For me, this, this, this one is, uh, this one's interesting because even, even people considered Kanban experts believe this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and through no fault of their own, really, they've, 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 they've learned it this way, which is you have to start with where you are. That you have to take your system exactly as it is right now and then make small tweaks to it. Um, on the, and, and I get why people believe it, because on the surface, it sounds logical that making small tweaks is the way to go. But what we have observed, at least, is in, in practice, um, we have done this multiple times where we have taken the team and said, okay, let's just map out how you're supposed to work. How would you ideally work? And let's make that your process. Let's start with that and, and then we'll see where we go. And that seems to work really well. It, not saying that start with where you are doesn't work, but it's not the only way to, 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 to start or to, to, to introduce Kanban. Yeah, um as uh, you've probably heard us talk about uh, Darren Davis a lot on this, this call or this podcast, whatever we're calling it. 
Um, and one of his, so for those of you who don't know, Darren Davis was kind of the guy who's, who started Kanban, he, he and his team at, at Corbis. Um, but one of the things he likes to say about starting with where you are now is, if, if where you are right now is broken, and you know it's broken, and it's so broken that you want to try something else, why would you start there, right? I mean, why, 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 why would you do that? So to Pratik's point, yes, I mean, there's certain contexts where maybe starting with where you are now works. We're not saying don't do that. What we're saying is the myth is that it's a requirement that you have to take where you are now. Um, you know, this, this gets into the whole ideas of idealized design and, and things like that, but mm -hmm. don't, don't buy into the myth that, you know, I can't do Kanban unless I start exactly where I am right now. Yeah. Just not true. Think about, think about if, if, if you are a sports fan, think about if your team was really struggling one season, you won't say, we'll just change this one small thing next season and then we're going to do this. Now, usually it is, okay, we're obviously missing some tools. Let's bring in people. Let's, let's overhaul this and rebuild this, this season so that we can start winning. Yep. Sometimes it is just swapping out one player or well, maybe change, yeah. but, but most of the time, yeah, it's like, we need a clean house and uh, yeah, well. there's an issue. There. <laughs> I wonder what this is going to look like in post, but whatever. it's going to be, I think it's going to be more of the dogs talking than us talking. So, so yeah, so that was, that was my myth. Number one. What about you Dan? And if you're regular watchers of the show or you've seen <laughs> any of my talks, everybody knows that I can't, I can't do any discussion with Kanban without bringing up the whole notion of class of service. And for me, the, the granny of them all <laughs> with Kanban is that you have to use what's called class of service with Kanban. And this is that notion of we can split our work into different, different levels of uh, priority, different levels of treatment, uh, really. So like and we can have items that we're going to expedite, we're going to focus on, or items, you know, our standard ones that kind of just flow through normally, or fixed state ones that we, well, we know because this has to be done by a certain date, maybe mm -hmm. we'll treat it differently. Or we have what's called intangible ones that we're not really sure about the value. Maybe it's valuable, maybe it's not. So they can be kind of the longer slow burner ones. Um, and this idea that you have to not only classify, but I would argue stratify your, your system design around these classes of service. Huge, huge, huge myth. Um, if anything, I would say, start your Kanban implementation without, without any notion of class of service mm -hmm. and only add them in if you think they're necessary. And my guess is you will find out that you just don't need them at all. Yeah, it's, 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 it's what's interesting for me. And again, these two myths go hand in hand is folks who say start with where you are are the same ones who go, take all these class of service things <laughs> and add them to your system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that that kind of that's a little incongruous, at least in my head. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it goes sort of. And I think and and if you've seen Dan talk about this, if you heard him talk about this, you you hear all about how it goes almost counter to flow to the principles of flow to the metrics of flow when you start doing this. Yeah. You you can see product managers, product owners' eyes light up when you say you can offer them this thing called expedite. And they're like, oh, you, you mean I can, I can expedite something, right? I can, and I was working, I, I think I've, I may have mentioned this example uh, on this before, but working with a client who had um, an expedite process as part of their Kanban system, but there was only ever supposed to be one thing in that expedite process. Walked into the office one day, there were 33 things 
33 things in that expedite lane. The second that you offer an expedite to a product owner, guess what? Everything becomes an expedite. Yeah, I, I remember being on a team and we did offer expedites and we, we were, this, was, this was when we were running people's payrolls. We did offer <laughs> expedites and it was amazing. The, 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 the clear signal was that our, our standard story cards were like three by fives index cards but our expedite cards were the small post-its because there were so many of them that you had to fit them in the column and and the 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 actual cards could fit like four of them if we wanted to um so so there you have it so counting counting your top three down three two one are are the post-its on a whiteboard is kanban um Kanban is for maintenance and support and Scrum is for product development. And you have to start with where you are. Uh, and for me, it was the number three is every column on a Kanban board needs to have a work in progress limit. Mm -hmm. Then once you limit work in progress, then every item has to be of the same size. And then the last one, of course, is you have, if you're doing Kanban, you have to use, have to use class of service. So, Having said that, now it's time for us, I think, to reveal. Are you ready to vote on? Yeah, I think I maybe, am. Maybe three, two, one. I, I think I am. I think okay. I'm. I think I'm going to go with battles three for me, um, bookers two, and stags one. I'm going to go slightly different. For me, the the granny is number three. It's just mm -hmm. like I said, it's just a little bit too grassy on the finish for mm -hmm. me. Um, then the barrel for number two, and I think, but I think by far, yeah, stags uh, definitely. Those, the, 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 yeah, I mean, I, me, think, I think these two are close. I do think these two are close, but yeah, that's. So, so that's it. I hope you have enjoyed this version of Drunk Agile. Apologize for... Yeah, I was going to say, we should have asked the dogs what their two to one was because <laughs> yeah. they were as chatty as we were on this one. Yeah, so hope, hopefully we can maybe <laughs> fix some of those background noises. Um, but as always, you know, for Pratixing, my name is Daniel Vacanti, and we will see you in the next episode. Good night, everybody.